0: fast. Daniel is um, a famous example of that where he went without some foods in order to, um, for spiritual reasons. And um, for the absolute fast, we can see that in Esther 4.16 and then in Acts um, as well. And um, abstaining from food and only drinking water. Jesus did that in the desert for 40 days. He didn't have any food and then Satan tempted him at the end of that. Non-biblical fasts—not not to say that they're not of God—but they're not found in the Bible can involve giving up things like social media, giving up sports, um, giving up maybe hanging out with friends, or um, giving up makeup. <laughs> Different things that maybe you identify as a distraction for you, and you want to set it aside to focus more on God. When you do give, when you do a biblical fast, you know, giving up food it's always a good idea to give up something else too because the point of giving up the fast is to seek God and it's good to give up other distractions. And as we'll see later in Second Chronicles 2017, um, fasting helps us go out against the enemy. So there are some occasions where we're specifically fasting to go out against the enemy.
1: So I'm gonna steal like Ben's intro last week. You could have the same fasting and then cross it off and replace it with God or Jesus. And I think it's important to start with this because ultimately the reason to fast is to draw near to God, to humble yourself, to ask him to intercede on our behalf. It's not to get something from God. It's not to manipulate God. It's not to get our own desires. Um, There are definitely good secondary reasons to fast that we'll go through. But the ultimate reason to fast is to center on God. So Richard Foster of Celebration of Discipline says, Fasting must forever center on God. It must be God-initiated and God-ordained. Like like the prophetess Anna, we need to be worshiping with fasting. And John Wesley says, First, let fasting be done unto the Lord with our eyes singly fixed on him. Let our intention here and be this, and this alone, to glorify our Father, which is in heaven. So, when Ben asked me to talk about fasting, I said I've done the fasting with the church. I had that those experience in college, but I definitely don't consider myself the fasting guy. If Ben is the prayer guy. I am not the fasting guy. Um, so when Ben. But I was excited to speak. I I love to speak and I love to to learn more and grow in areas I don't know. So, what do I do when I'm encountered with a problem? As an engineer by trade, I make a spreadsheet. So, by training, I'm a teacher by trade, but I have a mathematical, logical mind. So what I did is I used a concordance and I went through every uh, instance of fast or fasting in the Bible. And I wrote the context, the reason they were fasting, some important verses, how they fasted, and what the outcome was. Um, and so if we had more time, I thought it'd be cool to make this a family feud game. Because this is, like survey says, the number one reason to fast based on the Bible in occurrences is petition. And then you go down from there, repentance, morning worshiping, uh, waiting on the Lord, commissioning, preparation, and fellowship with Christ. Um, Don't worry, I'm not going to speak on each of these for five minutes, um, but I will focus mostly on petition because that's what I've had the most experience with, uh, especially in about the last six months or so. So to summarize, if you only get one thing out of this whole talk from what I say, it's this. When you do not know what else to do, you should fast. When you do not know what else to do, you should fast. Fast. Because the reason we fast to petition is because we recognize that in our own strength, our own power, our own wisdom, we're faced with a challenge that we cannot face. And so the heart of fasting is not, let me manipulate God, let me treat God like a vending machine where I put in a fast and get out what I want. The heart of petition is, God help me, I do not know what to do. And so um, there's lots of examples in this. I'll make the spreadsheet available to you by email if you want. Um, But I'm just going to focus on one, which Kristen actually referred to last week, which is Nehemiah. Um, He had learned that Jerusalem was in ruins. The wall was in ruins. Um, He wanted to go and help rebuild the wall. He was in service of the king. You can't just, like, take a year sabbatical from the king. Um, It doesn't work like that. So he was going to go before the king and ask to be granted leave to go to Jerusalem. And so, um, you also, you're not just supposed to present your request to the king when you're his servant. So he prayed and he fasted that he would have favor in the eyes of the king. And this is actually, we see this um, in other places in scripture. In Esther, for example, asking for favor in the eyes of others. And so he says, O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this, your servant, and the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. And the result was, King Artaxerxes had actually previously opposed the rebuilding of Jerusalem, but God changed his heart so that he not only gave, um, he not only gave Nehemiah uh, leave, he also gave him letters and military escort so he would have safe travel. And so, um, actually, in the Bible, if you go through the historical places where people fasted, again, this isn't making God a magic genie. God answers almost all the time. The only time where like God doesn't answer the prayer and fasting is where there's a specific judgment or penalty for sin, because there are still consequences for sin. As we see, when David fasts, the punishment that his son would die due to David's sin with Bathsheba and Uriah does not get removed. Um, but in many instances, God moves powerfully when his people humble himself so as i was learning about this i faced some issues this spring and i was like okay i don't know what to do i'm gonna fast and so the first thing was lydia was not sleeping at night she was waking up and be up for an hour screaming and as the dad i could do absolutely nothing Um, even with becky's efforts were not successful and i'm literally like an hour two hours just crying in the night and so i was like all right i'm gonna fast and so i fasted and prayed for a day and it literally stopped immediately. Like, it just stopped. Um, so, like, wow! Praise God, that's amazing. And so then I faced an issue at work where it was our last staff meeting, there were going to be a lot of contentious issues that I knew of, and I had some concerns I wanted to present to my principal and he'd been kind of deflective of criticism and judge, or, uh, defensive. I was like, this meeting's not going to go well. So I fasted and I prayed, and his attitude was completely different than what it had been, at which I linked to this similar with Nehemiah. I was fasting for favor in the eyes of someone more powerful, and when I met with him, he had a very receptive attitude to my concerns. Um, so then, forward in the summer, Evelyn and Lydia were both having just a week where there were just tons of tantrums, like really, really bad tantrums. I was like, okay, I'm going to fast and pray. So I fasted and prayed, and that day was a lot better. I was like, okay, I think God answered the prayer again. And then the next day was just awful. The worst day ever. Evelyn literally cried for like five hours straight at one point. And I was like, okay, I think God's teaching me a lesson, which is I think I was getting into that mindset of, okay, I have a problem, I fast for a day, God fixes it. And it was... He's like, no, I'm not a formula, I'm not a magic genie, I'm not a slot machine or vending machine, but if you will truly humble yourself, I will work for you. And so I was like, okay, I have to fast again. So I fasted again for the same issue immediately, so it was two out of three days. And things. the rest of the week was amazing, and things have been a lot better this summer. And Becky also received kind of some wisdom about, how everyone's diet might be affecting her mood. So um, in all those ways, those are just a few that I've seen. There were just instances where I did not know what to do. So when you don't know what to do, you should fast and God will work for you. Um, The next most common fast in the Bible is repentance. And um, pretty interesting, um, how God works when people will truly repent and truly humble themselves. Um, this is King Ahab, who just reading about King Ahab, it says in the Bible, there was never anyone like Ahab who sold himself to do evil in the eyes of the Lord, urged on by Jezebel, his wife. He behaved in the vilest manner, going after idols, like the Amorites the Lord drove out before Israel. He was probably the worst king in all of Israel's history. And... Um, there was this event where he wanted one of his subjects vineyards naboth and when naboth went not sell him the vineyard Ahab came up with this deceitful plan to get naboth killed and then just take his vineyard and after he did this elijah pronounces judgment on him and his family that they'll be devoured by dogs and all this awful nasty stuff um And this is what happened. When Ahab heard the words, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and fasted. He lay in sackcloth and went around meekly. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite. Have you noticed how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has humbled himself, I will not bring this disaster in his day, but I'll bring it on the house in the days of his son. Um, His son, by the way, would not humble himself before the Lord. We see when it comes to the Ninevites um, with Jonah, we see... um, other examples through Israel's history, where if if we've committed a sin, if we will truly humble ourselves with um, fasting, and again, Jesus, I mean, Jesus gives us forgiveness. It's not like we earn our repentance; is not earning our salvation through fasting. But um, when we recognize sin in our life, fasting is an appropriate response next one i'm not really going to spend too much time on, but it's mourning. and um often when uh, there's three occasions in the bible where um there's death and fasting and mourning as a result of uh, the mourning grieving and healing process as you see with david and his men after hearing about saul and jonathan's death this is one um i'd like to encourage us to grow in a church and that is fasting um as part of worship and so this is early in church history the church in antioch is um a little bit north of jerusalem and it's where uh paul that time saul was was growing with the fellowship of believers he was still pretty early in his life of faith um, but the church was fasting and praying and worshiping and it doesn't indicate that they were fasting for anything specific other than part of their worship to god that's part of their regular worship And while they fasted, um, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I've called them. Um, So the Lord reveals to them his will as they're fasting as part of regular worship. And as a result, Paul and Barnabas go on their first missionary journey, and God does amazing signs and miracles through them. So that's just a challenge as a church. Like maybe once a month, maybe every other week. I mean, whatever. It's not a legalist. If you want, if you're not experiencing it, an idea would be to fast, like fast from breakfast, maybe, maybe fast the day before, Um, because God has shown in his word that he reveals himself when his people fast and worship. This also happens with the prophet, prophetess Anna, um, when she's in the temple fasting and worshiping. Thing, and it's revealed to her that Jesus is the Messiah. Later on that um, same kind of story, Paul and Barnabas go out on their journey. They do a lot of, the Lord does a lot of amazing things from them, through them. On their way back, they stop at each church and they commission elders over each church and they commit them with prayer and fasting. So whether we are committing somebody who's going off to college, somebody who's going on a summer trip a long-term mission um or starting a new ministry commissioning with prayer and fasting would be an appropriate way for us to do that as a church and then we have preparation this is another area where i have some experience Um, we see jesus before he went in the desert to be tempted um he fasted to prepare for 40 days um, while he was in the desert, to prepare for that temptation with Satan. And we've used this, um, I won't go into any details, but there's some challenging uh, family dynamics with one of my siblings. And twice this year before we've met with them, we fasted and prayed um, to ask for God's favor, but also to prepare our own hearts. Because when you're fasting, uh, it, you feel it and you, it humbles you and it makes you rely on the Lord. And the visits have gone really well. So if you have a challenging conversation you need to have with your boss, if you have a confrontation you need to have with a friend or family member, if, you, if family times are very challenging for you, I would highly recommend fasting in preparation for those times. And then the last reason to fast is um, we see in the Gospels, in three places, Jesus' disciples are asked why they don't fast. And Jesus answers, how can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he's with them? And they will fast when I'm taken from them. So uh, fasting is a way for us to have fellowship with Christ and deeper intimacy with God. So just real quick, some ways, reasons not to fast. So don't want to eat all Becky's time. One is religious routine. So I might not read through all these verses um, if you want to take a quick snap. But this is... An example where a man who who thought he was righteous, uh, it's a parable, but Jesus gave this parable to those who thought they were righteous. And this man thanks God, I thank you that I fast twice a week and I pray. And that did not make him right before God because he did not humble himself before God. If we're just fasting as part of a religious routine, like so we can feel better about our righteousness, we've completely missed the mark. Um, Because Jesus says it's the man who humbles himself and begs for his mercy that leaves justified. Um, others is to impress others. We see in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus condemns the Pharisees and, and priests who go out and make it obvious to men that they're fasting, um, but he rewards those who will fast in secret. So, for fasting to get praise from others, Jesus says that's your reward. Your reward is the praise that you get if you fast humbly. Your reward is the God of infinite with riches and power will work for you. So we shouldn't fast to impress others. Um, we shouldn't fast to get something from God. Kind of talked about this. This is an interesting... i would never really noticed these verses um, that exiles were about to be brought back to Jerusalem and they've been fasting for 70 years to for God to restore Jerusalem. And basically they said, Hey God, the work's almost finished. Uh, do we still have to fast? And he's, it revealed their hearts. And he's like, you weren't even fasting for me. You were fasting to get something from me, not to have fellowship with me. And so he condemns that kind of attitude. Oops. but so what I did? Can you fix that? <laughs> All right. The last thing um, is, is, I think... There's absolute truth. I mean, there's truth that God hears our prayers and God wants his people to come to him. But it's actually a not biblical idea that God hears all prayers. Um, And this is found in um, a couple examples in Jeremiah. uh, Basically, the Lord says to Jeremiah, the people are living in idolatry and sin. They're not turning from their sin. It's not that they, you have to be perfect for God to hear your prayer. But if you're saying, if you're continuing in sin and not turning, this is what the Lord says, do not pray for their well-being of this people. Although they fast, I will not listen to their cry. Though they offer burnt offering and grain offerings, I'll not accept them. Um, similarly, we see in Isaiah, if we are oppressing others, these are famous verses. But if you are oppressing others, the Lord says, this is not the kind of fast I've chosen to fast, but then go out and oppress others and act unrighteously. But instead he says, this is the kind of fast I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice, to untie the t- cores of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. And that goes on and he says, if you do these things, then you will call and the Lord will answer you. You'll cry for help. He will say, here I am. So we have to um, really submit to God in our, all of our areas of our life. Um, if he's going to um, kind of work for us. And again, we're not trying to manipulate him, but it's really out of an attitude of humility and saying, "Help, God, I don't know what to do. I'm gonna pass it over to Becky.
0: So now we're gonna get into the heart of fasting. Um, and fasting, like with many spiritual disciplines, it's really a mystery as to why it's important. We see plenty of biblical examples, but we still don't know really how it works in our hearts. And that's where God is present. That's where God comes in. And um, so the heart of fasting, we get into acknowledging God's sovereignty, prayer, humility, and worship. And to start off, I just want to read from Second Chronicles 20, um, in verse 1. And we're going to read about Uh, Jehoshaphat. So after this, the Moabites and Ammonites and with them some of the Meunites came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, A great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea, and behold, they are in Hazazim Tamar, that is, in Gedi. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. So um, the first part that we get into is in in prayer. So Jehoshaphat is before all of these people from Judah. And everybody has agreed to fast. Um, and he he prays. He says in verse 6, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over the, all the kingdoms of the nations in your hand are power and might so that none is able to withstand you did you not our god drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people israel and give it forever to the descendants of abraham your friend and they have lived in it and have built for you in it a sanctuary for your name saying if disaster comes upon us the sword judgment or pestilence or famine we will stand before this house and before you for your name is in this house and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now behold, the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt, and whom they avoided and did not destroy. Behold, they reward us by coming to drive us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. O oh, our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do but our eyes are on you. Um, So we can see that he prayed before the people. He gathered them together, he prayed, and he put God first. And he admitted that he doesn't know what to do, even though he was king, instead of um, saying, all right, I got this, let's mobilize, let's get all our weapons and get our armies, and let's defeat this enemy on our own strength. But no, he went before God and prayed and said we don't know I don't know what to do, God, we need your help um, and then we already mentioned Anna the the prophet who never left the temple but stayed there day and night worshiping God with fasting and prayer um, so then the next part to get into fasting is humility so let's um so in verse in that chapter 20 in Second Chronicles, King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. So they humbled themselves before the Lord, and they knew that they didn't have the answer. Um, Richard Foster, in um, Celebration of Discipline, he says, More than any other discipline, fasting reveals the things that control us. And when we let pride control us, or when we let anger control us, or when we let things that are not of the Spirit control us, then we are not humbling ourselves. We're being our own gods, and we're putting ourselves in charge. But fasting helps get to the heart of the matter, and it helps us to, um, when we do it humbly, we are in full submission to God. Um, In Matthew 4, 4, um, Jesus answered Satan when he was being tempted, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, you know, if you miss a meal or if you miss a snack, you feel that. Your stomach starts talking to you. You think, oh, well, I mean, we need food to stay alive, but you just, you're so de- we're so dependent on food and water. Without it, we perish. But when we fast, we're saying, God, I'm dependent on you. You are my food, your word is my food. your spirit fills me. And well there's different lengths of fast we can take um, when we're fasting, we give it up we give up food in order to get more of God and that's humility, that's humbling. Um, and my temptation so much, and I just felt God speaking to me so much um, during worship this morning is that I try to get it all set. I try to get the house all set I try to get the meals all set I try to get the kids all set I try to get prepared and if I'm nervous or if I'm if if I feel out of control if my surroundings feel out of control my first instinct is to clean or to organize or to make it right out of my own strength so that I can just feel like I got this I got this under control but fasting or just totally humble we have to give it to God We can't do it in our own strength. And I don't know if you've noticed, but the past couple of weeks, the sermons have been on giving and prayer. And now today is fasting. And when Jesus um, speaks in the Sermon of the Mount, those three are grouped together. Those are one after the other. We can't do fasting um, apart from humility. We can't do it apart from prayer. We can't do it apart from worship. Those Those are all intertwined. And I love how Monica shared this morning that um, she was focusing on things she thought she should be doing and that God determines the need, what needs to change, not us. So when we come at God with our list of answer this prayer, answer this prayer, he's like, no, I, I'm the God of the universe. I have it all figured out. I know the answers. If you will humble yourself and pray and worship me, I will show you what to do or what not to do in some cases. Um so it's very important to come at fasting with humility. The next part is worship. And um so I love this part in Second Chronicles when um when Jehoshaphat prayed before the people, starting in verse thirteen, chapter twenty. Meanwhile all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah son of Benalla, son of Jeho, son of... He he was a Levite. And he said, (laughs) He said, Listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. So they were fasting. They were all grouped together. And the Spirit of the Lord comes on him. Thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid, and do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. Behold... They will come up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. So, they don't stay at home. Even though God said... God's going to fight. I'm going to fight this battle. You don't have to fight it. Still, they couldn't just sleep in. You know, they couldn't stay home and have God win the victory. They had to get up. They had to get together. They had to go out against the enemy. And this is my favorite part. Um, in verse, let's see, verse 19, the Levites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud loud voice. And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you will succeed. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire, as they went before the army and say, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise, The Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. They all helped to destroy one another. So when they came to the place of battle, they were all dead. The enemy was already defeated. And the moment that that the enemy started to fight among themselves was when they started to worship the Lord. So you see the progression. They come together. They fast. They pray. They worship. They humble themselves. And then they don't just go home and go to bed and have a meal. They get up early, they go out against the enemy. And in the time of worship, the enemy is defeated. And sometimes in real life, as we're worshiping God, we can't see the enemy defeated yet. But chains are broken, and things are shifting. And when we are faithful in prayer, worship, and fasting... The whole environment changes. God uses us in ways that we can't even imagine. And when I'm saying this to you, I'm saying it to myself too. Because while I've fasted before, I'm not, I'm not a regular faster. And I am so motivated to do this anew and to not, um, to not ignore the teachers, teachings of the Bible and to not ignore the promptings of the Spirit to fast. Um, you might think, well, how do I know if I'm supposed to fast? Well, if the idea is in your mind, you're probably supposed to do it. And just like Justin shared the scripture about um, why do the disciples not fast when the, when Jesus is with them, it's because the bridegroom was with them. But since we are constantly seeking the Lord's presence, we should add fasting in a regular way, without it being legalistic, but by seeking the Lord. And so I mentioned before that when I get nervous or um, anxious, I just want to clean the house. Well, fasting is a way to clean inside of our heart. Instead of focusing on outward acts to show our Christianity, um, fasting gets at the heart of the matter and opens up a deeper connection with God. I am much more of a Martha than a Mary. I'm much more wanting to just do and be busy than to sit at Jesus' feet. But fasting is a spiritual act that helps us to sit at Jesus' feet and to hear His voice. Um... Let's see. So, how to fast? Well, you could say, uh, just give up food. But that could also be a diet, or that could also be a hunger strike. Um, The real way to fast is to first spend time in prayer and worship before God, asking Him, what do you want me to give up? How long do you want me to give up for? And to seek His guidance for, um, for how long to fast and for what type of fast to do. And you can start slow. I mean, if you've never fasted before, maybe just try fasting a snack. <laughs> or maybe fast one meal. Do a juice fast so that, um, you know, you're you're practicing the act of giving something up, but you're easing into it. And then you can work up to a 24-hour fast. Um, it's good to drink plenty of water so that you stay hydrated. And... Um, If you are able to spend times you would normally be eating in prayer and meditation instead, um, waiting on the Lord. Um, It might be tempting to try and eat a lot before you start your fast to try and stock up on food, but the opposite is a better idea to just lighten up your meals to prepare your body to um, get ready to go without food. And... um, So Richard Foster says, Outwardly you will be performing the regular duties of your day, but inwardly you will be in prayer and adoration, song and worship. In a new way, cause every task of the day to be a sacred ministry to the Lord, however mundane your duties, for they are a sacrament. Um, So that concludes our section on fasting. and. If you want the spreadsheet, you can email Justin. <laughs> to print. So,
1: if you want it, you can email me. I think we have time for maybe a few questions. Chris, <laughs> when
2: you do your research, what was the most surprising thing? Or something that like, struck you as different? different.
1: Uh, hmm. Well, it, de- it definitely struck me how God um, even worked through fasting in some pretty crazy sinful scenarios. I mentioned Ahab. There's also the story of um, it occurs in Judges. I might get the tribes messed up, but where the concubine gets like cut into pieces, and um, and then you basically have Benjamin fighting against. It, it's an awful sinful story, but there's a part in it where. Um, Benjamin is like totally outnumbered but they're destroying the rest of Israel and the rest of Israel humbles themselves and fasts and then they, the Lord gives them favor um, and they defeat Benjamin so that was kind of odd just like and again the most sinful king ever in Ahab you have an awful nation in Nineveh when people humble themselves before the Lord he answers them and then the other thing that really kind of caught my eye um, is, and this is a recommendation: if you're feeling like you should fast, I would don't be like, "Well, I got a big meeting on Tuesday, so I'm going to do it Wednesday." Or for me, the, the temptation would be: there's a really big sporting event I have to watch, and I fast from sports when I because um, I try and remove other distractions. But in the Bible. Um, Joel, in the book of Joel, Israel is is told to fast uh, because they turned away from the Lord. And he says um, that the bridegroom and bride should come out of their chambers. So, like, it's so essential to fast that even that is, like, not more important. In other places in the Bible, like, um, people who are just married are given leave of military service, but not from fasting. So, like, If the Lord puts on your heart to fast, I'd recommend you do it, like, and not try and schedule it when it's convenient. And so so that really caught my attention. Any of it? Okay, do you want to close in prayer?
0: Um, So, Father, we just turn our hearts to you. In whatever ways you are speaking to us, and whatever... um, high places you are seeking to tear down in our lives we give ourselves completely to you and we just ask that you would help us to follow you strong this week and to do your kingdom work here on earth we love you lord in your name we pray amen
2: yeah we out there.